Good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page number 52 to begin our service tonight. The Lily of the Valley, page 52. We'll sing all three verses as we begin. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The Lily of the Valley, in Him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow He's my comfort, in trouble He's my stay. He tells me every care on Him to roll. He's the Lily of the Valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He all my griefs has taken and all my sorrows borne. In temptation he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn. From my heart and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith unto His blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With His manna He my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory, I'll see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Amen. Blessing, great group here tonight, amen, and trust you had a restful uh, afternoon, and looking forward to uh, tonight, I went into a chips and salsa coma, man, I woke up, I didn't know where I was or what my name was, amen, but figuring it all out as we go, amen, but sure thankful you're here uh, tonight, good to have missionary Joel uh, Scuffum and his wife Valerie and uh, and their baby girl Lydia, and sure thankful they are here with us today and looking forward to having him preach tonight, so let's go to the Lord uh, in prayer tonight, ask God's blessing blessing on our services. I'm going to ask Brother Steve Parker if you'd open us in a word of prayer. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? I just wanted to mention a few uh, things uh, coming up. Of course, tonight, don't forget about if you, uh, the teens are having a teen activity immediately following the service uh, tonight. And then, of course, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, uh, this coming Friday, September 30th, be our last uh, set of kickball and uh, softball games. And so I want to invite you to come out to that. That's at 5 o'clock in the evening. 
And then, of course, this next Saturday, uh, October the 1st, be having our churchwide outreach once again. I know it's kind of a quick turnaround from the last time that we had it, but just really wanted to focus our last uh, Saturday before our revival meeting and be able to have some canvassing and things uh, like that. And uh, by, by the way, let me mention this, too. There's some of these back there on the outer table. And if you'd like to maybe invite a neighbor or something like that, just wanted to share this with you. There was a young man that was here uh, this morning, and it was a result of somebody leaving a track and a flyer on the table uh, that he was waiting at the Black Bear Diner. And so that was a real blessing. I was kind of mad, though, that they didn't take me to the Black Bear Diner, though, when they went, whoever it was, because I do love sweet cream pancakes. Just want to let that be known. Amen. But uh, I told him, man, I was really thankful he was here, and uh, I needed to get to know him because of the sweet cream pancakes too but uh anyways that was a real blessing so i'm just hey listen this stuff works it really does and so i just want to encourage you that was encouraging to me uh as well and then of course we are uh certainly gearing up for our fall revival meeting and that'll be next sunday and excited about having brother ted alexander of course we support him he's planning a church there bayview baptist church in homestead florida but just a dear man of god and can preach the word of god and he's a blessing and so looking forward to hosting him uh with us uh next sun or next sunday and then all the way through monday through friday and seven o'clock each night and don't forget to continue to fast and, and pray for that and uh Make yourself available to those things. We do have some sign-up sheets out there in the back, uh, the outer foyer for uh, nursery workers and things like that. And I believe there's still a couple of spots left for uh, some help there. And so if you can fill uh, that out. And then, of course, we're hosting the Midwest Preachers Meeting in the middle of all this. And uh, last year it was just such a blessing. And so praying that it will be a blessing once again. And I have heard from several preachers that are planning on being here Monday night, Tuesday morning. And so uh, looking forward to that. And so Monday night, right after the service, be having a uh, dessert fellowship and so uh, if you can help us out with that there's a sign-up sheet for that out there as well and then Tuesday the services go from 9 till around noon time uh, 9 in the morning till noon uh, and then right after that we're going to be um, catering some barbecue for them and trying to just be a blessing I I'm telling you, um, I, I went to the GIBF meeting uh, this past week in Indianapolis, and it was just a blessing uh, the way that the church ministered to us preachers and, and families and stuff. And it was, it was just uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I kept thinking about was I didn't realize how empty my tank was. Um, you, you pour out and pour out and pour out, and so it's very good to come in as a pastor and to have somebody just minister to you and pour into you. And that's what my prayer is, is that we would, you know, I know we're, we're looking forward to having, you know, the preaching and all of that, but at the same time, what an opportunity to be able to serve and be a blessing to some pastors and, and their families and uh, being able to do that even Tuesday morning. And so we don't, we don't want them to pay for anything or anything like that. We want to be a blessing to them and help them and, and uh, feed them and take care of them spiritually and physically. Amen. And so looking forward uh, to that. And so if you can help us out with any of those things and serving and just being here, man, be here, be an encouragement to those pastors and their, and their families. I know that they will uh, really appreciate that. But do me much in prayer for these things and be in your place for these things. And so that's Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock each night is our revival meeting. And then also we're taking up an offering to help out with our parking lot. And so those are back there uh, as well. I know we've already had some folks give towards that. And sure thankful uh, for that. All right, let's continue on with our song service tonight. Amen. So, Brother Eric, won't you come? Would you take your hymn book and turn to page uh, 159? Page 159. 
the song Lamb of Glory. We'll sing both verses tonight, page 159. Hear the story from God's Word that kings and priests and prophets heard. There would be a sacrifice and song. Amen. It's been a great day in the Lord's house, hasn't it? And uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us tonight. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Luke Stewart, would you pray for the offering tonight, please? you to stand with me one last time, please. Let's turn to page 292. Page 292. Oh, happy day. We'll sing all verses together this evening for our last song together. Sing out on that first. 
Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on Thee, my Savior and my God. Well, may this glowing heart rejoice and tell its raptures all abroad. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Oh, happy bond that seals my vows to him who merits all my love. Let cheerful hands fill this house while to that sacred shrine I move. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Tis done the great, transaction's done. I am my Lord's and He is mine. He drew me and I followed on. Time to confess the voice divine. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Now rest my long, divided heart, fixed on this blissful center rest. Nor ever from my Lord depart, with Him of every good possessed. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray, and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Amen. You may be seated. Great singing this evening. Just before Brother Scuffin comes to preach for you, we're going to have the Wisdom family sing a special tonight. Remember this. 
needs right for stranded souls in darkness who long to see the light to those who tread a troubled road and feel they can't go on there's a promise we can't stand upon the great i am What a blessing. Well, I can't remember how long it was ago, I guess uh, probably, you know, eight, nine years ago, I think it was, and, and uh, got a call from a young man who was a youth director at Berean Baptist Church in Stratford, Missouri, and, and uh, it was Brother Joel Scuffham, and invited me to come and, and preach a youth rally that they were hosting there, and, and really just had a great meeting and a great time, and, and that's where I first uh, got to meet the Scuffham family. And uh, little did I know, God would move me up to Olathe, Kansas, and um, uh, then uh, got invited to go to one of these lunches where all these Kansas City preachers get together and and uh, once a month and basically harass each other. Amen. I, th- I thought it was to encourage, but I think it's to harass and break you down and all. No, I'm just... Uh, anyways, I got to meet uh, the guy that organizes that, and it's Brother Larry Scuffham, and pastors the First Baptist Church up there in Mission uh, Kansas and started putting two and two together and figured out uh, the relationship uh, there and of course that's Brother Joel's uh, dad and and uh, 
Then I, I remember uh, getting to see uh, Joel and, and Valerie move back up. Lord just brought him back up there to work with his dad there in the ministry there. And I remember Brother Larry uh, talking to me, and, you know, we, we try to, you know, pray for one another's kids because you want to see them serve the Lord. Amen. And I said, pray for, uh, pray for my son. You know, he's praying about the mission field and, and uh, still got it, actually still have it on my personal prayer list, brother, uh, to pray for that. And, uh, and so excited, though, that to hear that they had surrendered and then had the, had the privilege just a few months ago to go up and sit on the ordination uh, council there and to see them ordained into the gospel ministry. And uh, just a real blessing. So excited to have this uh, young family uh, here with us. And besides that, he's a welder. So you know he's a pretty good guy. And uh, us welders got to stick together. Amen. And so excited to have Brother Scuffin preach uh, tonight. And so let's just get behind him and, and, and shout and holler amen and encourage him as he preaches the word. Amen. So, Brother Joel, you come tonight, brother, and, and preach. So. <clears throat> Still, still kind of weird being introduced as missionary and things like that, and just kind of, just kind of uh, weird. Haven't got used to it yet, and like um, well, I didn't, I didn't mention anything this morning, but of course I, I grew up in. Um, I was, I think I mentioned this morning I was born in Olathe, and then. Um, from I think probably about five or, or six, grew up going to camp at Sagmont and, and with your church, and uh, even when Brother Watson was younger and, and all that, and a long time ago, <laughs> and uh, just so I, I'm just thankful for your testimony as a church as well, and and, and just just what a blessing it is, and. Even as I was thinking earlier, while um, Brother Stewart was uh, encouraging you all to give out tracks and, and everything, and um, that lady right there, she's a uh, fruit of door knocking. And her her mom had gotten out of church, and uh, she was saved because of that. And, and so her mom got back in back in church at that point. She got saved, and, and her sister and brothers, and later on her dad got saved. Um, so that's a blessing. <clears throat> All right, we'll be in John chapter number 21. John chapter number 21. just want to um, share, share a story from the, this last week. We, we were, of course, at the GIBF Fellowship or in the meeting in Indianapolis as well, and um, on Tuesday morning, uh, the missions director there, he had, uh, he had just before the service, he had uh, said that uh, we needed, and Valerie needed to be in the service as well. She was off uh, taking care of things in the nursery, so I went and, went and got her at the nursery, and uh, she got into the service just before the, uh, or after a song or two, and I leaned over to her and said, hey, Brother Webster says you've got to give a testimony. And there was a big crowd, and so she was panicking. She, right as the panic started to set in, I leaned over again and said, no, I'm just kidding. We're just going to stand up there. We don't have to do anything. So we get up on the platform, and Brother Webster says, mm, they're going to give a testimony. And so, <laughs> so he, made a, he made a liar out of me. And so we, I gave him a testimony, and she was thinking over what she was going to say. And 
So it worked out. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and stand. We'll be at John chapter number 21. John chapter number 21. And even just my heart in this message is just kind of as the uh, Lord showed me this message just in our preparation for deputation and just for our ministry going forward. But it's not just about those in ministry and thing, things like that and full-time ministry. And, and currently even I'm in uh, part-time. Brother Stewart said I still, still work a job Monday through Friday and applies to all Christians. And whether in ministry, out of ministry, if you're saved, if you know Christ, it certainly applies to you and what, what you need to address within your life and what I need to address within my life. So let's read from verse number 1, John chapter number 21, verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise he showed himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard it, that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and had cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land, to land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet, not, yet was not the net broken. Jesus say unto, saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. I just want to to preach here tonight on the title of We Need Meat. We Need Meat. I love love the title of the message and and, and just, uh, but it goes beyond that, of course. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the day. I do pray that you would please continue to help us, Lord. I thank you for uh, the wonderful day that you've given us in your house. and Lord, I pray that you would just please continue to uh, just give me the words to say, Lord. I pray that you, your spirit would uh, move within this, in this room. Lord, we can't do anything without you. And we do thank you, Lord, for the day. pray this in your name. Amen. Yeah. You may be seated. 
even as you might guess that I do like meat. I would assume that I'm not the only one here that would say that. Even as we were driving to Indianapolis, uh, I guess on Monday, saw a billboard at the highway that uh, I don't remember which uh, barbecue company it was, but they were advertising their spread of meat. But it, on the sign as well, they had a label there that we serve vegan options as well. And what a tragedy it is <laughs> that they're at the barbecue restaurant they're just saying that they'd serve vegan options as well, and what a shame. What is our country coming to? Man. I like vegetables. Vegetables are okay. They're fine. Uh, but, but even, uh, I think it's an indication that if we're sitting at, the, uh, sitting at our table, if I throw a piece of lettuce down on the floor to my dog, what does he do to it? He looks at it, sniffs it, and turn, turns away. And then just, I think that's kind of an indication of it. We just, so we can, we can, we can kind of uh, just, uh, just within the example illustration, we know we like meat, we understand. But what, what does it represent in our lives, just, just in the physical sense? But, but it's filling uh, a piece of lettuce isn't very filling, and, but then uh, a chunk of meat it can fill you up, meat and potatoes, things like that. It's, it's substance. And just within our account here, is, we'll look at here later on, Jesus comes to them and he asks them that question. But even, I want you to look at the first phrase there in verse number one. Uh, it says, after these things... So what's it talking about there? Is it just some little thing that, that had happened? No, here is uh, Jesus Christ himself had given himself that he died on the cross for our sins. And, and here is the, the, all of true Christianity truly hinges upon the fact of his resurrection. If, it's, if there were no resurrection, what are we doing here today? And I think we need to be reminded a little more often than just on Easter that we serve a risen Savior. That He's not in the grave. That He's, that he's not there in the tomb. You know, we, don't, we could go to other religious leaders that are still in the tomb, but that they're, they're dead. But we serve a risen, living Savior. And just even in my terminology, I try to train myself not to speak of Christ in the past tense, but in the present tense. That the, the Christ was on, or Christ did exist, but that He does exist. He lives today. And just even, even the fact of His resurrection, that no ordinary man could have orchestrated all the events that happened with His resurrection, with His death. That if he were just a man, it certainly would have been very, very impossible. But just the, even the details of the prophecy and the things regarding his, his resurrection demands that Jesus Christ is deity. It is more, more than just a man. And even just, just consider with me a moment that here the, uh, that the religious leaders, uh, the Jewish leaders, that they knew that the resurrection was important. Even in, in Matthew num, chapter number 28, 
they, they created the conspiracy to just say, well, the disciples went and stole his body. That, that, that he didn't really rise from the dead. He, that it was just Jesus' disciples, they went and they took the, took the body from the grave. No, that didn't happen. But they even knew that it was important. So they, they, they even orchestrated this, this conspiracy theory. Even if you back up one verse in chapter number 20, verse number 31, it says, But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Then that just kind of gives the purpose statement of the book that, that through inspiration that John gives us the, the purpose of why he wrote. That we would believe in the name. That we would believe in the risen living Savior. And, and just uh, I mentioned this morning as well that it's only through Jesus Christ, even as we're, we're going to a country that worships Buddha and, and, and worships uh, a man that they believe was reincarnated many, many times and, and just lived uh, on this earth and they follow after a pattern of a, of a man, that even though people may be sincere, the Bible still tells us that there's one, only one mediator between God and man, the man, man Christ Jesus. And so here's just kind of the, the picture of the, of the situation where the disciples were at. Here is there, uh, Jesus has died on the cross, he's risen, but, but they're in a place of, of, of turmoil. Just, again, uh, the disciples here, they're, they're humans. They're, they're flesh just as you and I. They're no doubt confused at what's going on. They're uh, just not understanding why did all these things happen? Why did it have to be this way? Even just their, their thoughts of the way things should happen. Is, well, here's Christ. He's, he's here on this earth. He's going to reign as our king. That he's going to be on this earth. He's going to kick all the Romans out. But now, now he's dead. In the disciples' mind, what's, what's going on here? You know, I, I just want you to get the picture of their confusion and all the things going on within a human soul, a human mind. So here's Peter. Decides, I'm going to go fishing. Don't, don't miss this fact that here, here's our Lord here to comfort the hearts of discouraged workers. That if it was maybe you and, you and I in, in the Lord's position come with a, a brash attitude of why, why have you done this and come, and come and clean house. But our Lord didn't do that. That He was very, very kind and gracious to them. And it's so wonderful that, that even, though, even though the events didn't happen as the disciples had planned within their own mind, that God was still in control, God still had a plan, and, and just consider with me as well that here was, here was Peter and the disciples within these things, and no doubt at this point, 
if you know John chapter number 20, no doubt at this point they had heard rumors, they had heard the things that had gone on in John chapter number 20. Jesus had already appeared to people. Even you could look at Luke chapter number 24, where Jesus, or, no, where, where Peter was at the empty tomb. Peter himself was at the tomb and, and, and just, again, just unsure what was going on. And uh, Luke 24, 12 says that, that Peter, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And so here, here's Peter, wondering what's going on, confused, just a situation beyond his control. And it, here's Peter just simply decides, well, I'm going to go fishing. Well, I want, I want us to recognize as well that leadership isn't always positive. It's not always a good thing. Here was here Peter, just with, not, just a, not really just a horrible, fleshly, carnal decision, but just decides within himself, I'm going to go fishing. And, and, but there, there is a difference between being a spiritual leader and being a leader. Leading according to his flesh and what he wanted to do, rather than what God wanted him to do. That, that as leaders, men, as leaders of your home, we, we need to abide by what God wants us to do, not just what I want to do. That if I lead according to my own thoughts, according to how I want to lead, my home will be a wreck. My home will, will certainly be destroyed. Uh, Warren Wiersbe said that uh, about Peter, he said, perhaps Peter's impulsiveness and self-confidence were revealing themselves again. He was sincere and worked hard, but there were no results. And then just I'm talking about out on, the, out on the water, out on the sea there. And so they would, uh, let's read in verse number two. It says, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we, go, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into his ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. So they went at, they went at, at night time, just for just uh, normal reasons of, well, the water would be calm. You don't want to be out on the water when, when the sun's beating down on you. If you, if you catch fish, then you can uh, sell the fish during the, during the morning. And you can sell the fish at the market. And whatever the reasons were be, would have been, so here they were out on the water. Jesus was resurrected. Jesus was uh, out of the tomb. And, and so it raises the question, well, should they go fishing or should they not go fishing? And, and just kind of the commentators that I read on it uh, was kind of, were just kind of split on it. That, well, well, just the ordinary sense of, well, you've got to provide for yourself and, and, and you've got you to have food to eat. And, but did not Jesus promise them that he would provide for them? That if, if they would follow him, that Jesus would take care of them. So I think we can kind of cast that out, that it wasn't just for their physical needs that they had to go fishing, but rather majority of these men were fishermen before. And so is it possible 
that rather than just being led of God, what they wanted, what they should have done, they just went according to their own fleshly comforts. Rather than what God wanted them to do, they went towards what was comfortable. In, in Matthew 4.19, Jesus said, un, he, he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And also in, in Luke chapter number 5, it was a, the situation as well where Jesus called the disciples unto him, and he, in the situation very similar to this, where Jesus says to cast on, on the other side, and they brought in so many fish they couldn't even control them. But Jesus had changed their purpose from fishermen to fishers of men. Their mission had changed. Because of Jesus' call on their lives, they were no longer to be concerned about fishing. The fact is that Jesus' mission on earth should have been their mission. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If, if man's greatest need was just philosophy, God would have sent a philosopher. If man's greatest need would, would have been food, God would have sent a farmer. But man's greatest need was, was a need of salvation. Therefore, God sent a Savior. The only Savior of all mankind. It's important that they, they should have been focused on the mission that God had called them as his disciples. Disciples is that of followers of Christ. So they should have been focused on his mission. But it's important as well that Jesus didn't just leave them in the dark in this situation. That when, when Jesus' earthly ministry, he prophesied to them, he told them, he explained to them what was going to be in the distance. In Matthew twelve forty, it says, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Matthew sixteen twenty one. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. Matthew seventeen twenty two. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. You see, the, the point is that if they had believed his words of resurrection, they would have been anxiously anticipating his appearance. It would have changed their direction in what they had done. That if they were focused on the mission that God had set for them, I don't believe they would have been fishing. What, what would have been the response? I don't know, going around town. Jesus is alive. That if, if they had truly believed on what God had promised to them, it would have changed them. But because they didn't truly believe him, they followed their flesh instead. Really, just in short, if they had believed his word, if they had believed what he had promised, 
they would have been living for him rather than living for themselves. Let's look at the text again. It says in verse 4. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. So imagine they're, they're way out on the water, whatever distance it, it may have been. They were out there, and they, they see a man, and just, just simply says that they didn't recognize him. Just, uh, in verse 5 it says, Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And so here's, here's the disciples. Again, many of them were fishermen. In their, in their prior time, they knew the waters. They knew what to do. It wasn't just me out on the water. It wasn't just, it wasn't just a guy casting a rod and looking around and doing, doing that. No, they're casting the nets. They knew how to cast them. They knew where to cast them. They knew what time to cast them. They had caught fish before. But the emphasis here is that they didn't catch fish because they first weren't obeying God. That they, they were out of God's will, regardless of how small the matter may have been. The, it's not that, they, that Jesus asked them this question, and later, later on in the text, Jesus, Jesus says, well, cast the, cast the net on the other side of the ship. It's not like he... Jesus says that, and they're like, oh, man, we, we forgot to cast on the left side this whole time. We've been, that's where the fish were. No, it's just, it just that Jesus, and that God had appointed the fish not to enter the net because he wanted to teach him a lesson. Because they were not in the center of God's will, God prevented the blessings. They were skilled at their craft, but yet they had toiled all night. So in verse 5, Jesus asks them, says, children. It's, just, it's also just an indication of the caring nature of Christ. It says, children, have ye any meat? It's typical of our Lord to use a physical example to teach a spiritual lesson. I believe Brother Stewart this morning referenced in John chapter number 4 about the Samaritan woman as well. And, and, and so there in John chapter number 4, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to, the, to do the will, to, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. There in John chapter 4, Jesus, Jesus also wasn't just saying that my food, no, he was saying my meat, the thing which sustains me. That which satisfies me is to do the will of God. In John chapter number 21, when, when he says, children, have you any meat? It's as if he's saying just in how I would phrase it. How's that going for you over there? Does that satisfy you? Do you are you satisfied by that which you're doing? They answer him no. Because they weren't satisfied. If they had caught 500 fish, they wouldn't have been satisfied. They would, they would not... It was, as Christians, you can't be satisfied by just doing your own will. 
Just here, here in the text, and, and again, it's just the wonderful, caring nature, loving nature of our Lord. He, wasn't, he didn't scold him, but I do think it was a warning. Who's he talking to? His disciples? Then that is here is a, later on, we see Peter doing wonderful work of God. And it's really just as if Jesus is teaching them that these disciples and Christians are tempted to be pulled away from the true purpose towards what is comfortable. Too often we can just get comfortable with church, comfortable being a Christian, and but yet all the time drifting further and further away from the will of God. And again, regardless of whether you're not in, whether or not you are in full time ministry, we must do the will of God. The principle here we need to get is just just this. The, and really, I, I truly believe it's more focused on the ministry later in the book of Acts and further. Jesus was teaching them that you could do you can see success in ministry by trusting in the will, trusting in the word of God that He's revealed to us, and following His will. We're so inclined just to just to gravitate towards that. That which is comfortable. I've got a recliner at the house. It's it's pretty comfortable. I like taking I, I like uh, kicking my feet up after a work day. The recliner's the recliner, recliner itself. It's not evil. It's not wicked. But just too often as Christians, we're inclined to gravitate that that which is comfortable. Gravitate towards that which is comfortable rather than following the will of God. Just efforts within our own, our own power or vanity. God's, God has called Christians to be faithful to Him. God's called Christians to, to stay faithful to His mission, His purpose. And, and, and really, the... the principle is that you will not find satisfaction in life apart from Christ. You will not. Regardless of how regardless of what you want to follow if it's out of the will of God you won't find meat. You won't find substance. So in, again, I I said in the beginning that really God God spoke to me and how how could how could a family go all the way over to Cambodia and 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 yet see yet see success in ministry really by following the revealed word of God rather than just what's comfortable. So often we can get distracted by all the different side roads and detours and things that can 
draw our attention and get so focused on, on uh, just fixing things at the house and th things like that and, and rather than focusing on what the true mission is. Really just for, for us today as well and, and, and that Jesus has left us with a responsibility. If you didn't know, this isn't the kingdom age. The rapture hasn't happened yet. We still have a mission. And really, just as the mission was then, the mission is now. That, that Christ is coming soon. It could be any day. So why, just in the sense of this passage, why would we go fishing when we have a purpose? Is fishing in the literal sense, is it bad? Is it wrong? Absolutely not. We, we need times to, to unwind. We need times to relax. But these disciples were not in the will of God because they, they went what, towards what was comfortable rather than just trusting in God what He had already revealed to them. Acts 1 verse, verse 10 says, And while they stood, looked steadfastly toward heaven, as He went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. We have a mission. It's not just us going around the world to a mission field. It's your field here. It's our field in Mission Kansas. That, that if, if we neglect the purpose of the gospel, we're not doing the will of God. So what are we supposed to do now? Trust God's word. Trust His will. And, and just the, the responsibility that we have is simple, but it's not easy. Therefore, we can't just gravitate towards what's comfortable and what I, knew, what I know best. Rather than, rather than just doing my own will, I must do the will of God. Brother Jack, as you're getting ready to go to Japan, how can you be successful? Trust the revealed Word of God. Follow His will. Amen. See here in the end of the, in the passage here that yeah, Jesus brought them blessings. They, they, they received 153 fishes. But it's not just about the fish. Because really, Peter, as soon as he, he recognized that it was the Lord... That wasn't in his concern. And he, he went rushing to the Lord, knowing that he was there. And just what, what a wonderful aspect that it was to, to know and, and see the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he was there. And, and, and just a, true peace and satisfaction will not come within just your own will and, and, and doing your own purpose. The life's true purpose comes within walking with God and doing what He says. Peace, satisfaction, and joy only comes within doing the will of God. That's the meat that Jesus is talking about. So I ask you, I ask you here tonight, are you doing what God wants you to do? And it's not 
just not just limited to the aspect of presenting the gospel. It's our life. It's every every part of our our existence that, that we would do the will of God. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with how your life is going? Because if you're not, we we must examine our life's purpose, our life's mission. That it must be centered on the mission that He sent for us. I say again that you will not find satisfaction in life apart from Christ. First of all, you need to be saved. Do you need to know that you're going on your way to heaven? You can't find satisfaction finding, struggling through life, finding your own way to, to heaven. What a way to live. But we need to do the will of God. We, we must follow Him. Lord just, just very clearly showed me this passage and, and just... So, Lord just spoke to me about it and how so often I tend to just kind of do what what I like to do and and things that I appreciate, but that's not my purpose. That's not our purpose. That we must do the will of God. And ministry is about people. We so often I go through life, I go about about things, and far too often ignoring the people around me and things like that, and, and just so often we get distracted from our purpose, distracted from our mission, what He has appointed for us to do. God's promise that He's coming back. We don't just need to be just sitting around and just sit on a hillside and Lord, Lord's coming back. No. Even as the disciples here, they were out of the will of God because they weren't focused on His mission. So often we can get out of the will of God. Just with getting distracted from the, the normal, good cares of life. But yet apart from what God wants us to do. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the day, and thank you for the time that we can be in your house. Lord, I pray.